Hello. I've been instructed Hi. to say hello. So hello to everyone who's listening. And Hi. the rest of you that aren't listening, uh, bugger Why? off. Why aren't you? <laughs> what's Why your aren't problem? You listening? Yeah, what's your problem? We've been here a long time. You should be listening. Anyway. Well, we are in the full swing of the holiday season. Happy Hanukkah to those of our friends uh, who celebrate that. We're coming up on Kwanzaa. We're coming up on all kinds of stuff. So happy holidays. And according to Fred Meyer, we're coming up on Valentine's Day. (laughs) I know. I I know it. Come on. I know. Can we just get this over? I mean, just come on. Yeah, right. It's like bombard, bombard. Anyway, um, yeah, we're in the thick of it. We, uh, you got all your decorations up that you're going to put up. I do. I well, that's all I'm going to do. I'm not doing the outdoor ones. I, I just, I don't know. I just didn't feel like it this year. Yeah, I don't blame um, you. But I have my wreath on my door. I have my little trees up, and my house, uh, which is where I stay most of the time, is inside. I just feel cozy and Christmassy, and that's fine. Yeah, and um, that's what matters. We had. Um, um, are you a happy holiday guy? I'm a happy holiday person. I have to make an effort to be happy during the holidays. I, Christmas. No, no, not, well, yeah. Do you wish people happy holidays? Oh, do I wish people, people happy holidays? Merry Christmas. Shit. Oh, I, mean, I don't know. I, uh, I don't, yeah, neither. <laughs> there you go. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> I ask people yeah. how they're doing and that kind of thing. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think against Christmas. It's just, uh. I, I'm anxious to get through it. Uh, Catherine loves it. Loves it. Uh, loves uh, when and Liam's coming, like I told you. And uh, right. So we're kind of doing a little extra something here, decorating and. Well, and he's yeah. bringing his 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 significant his. Yeah, his boyfriend. right. So his you, you have to know. You have to you know. Got to put on the dog a little bit. We got to sure. act like we're a Hallmark family for nine days. At least. And I don't know. I think I can keep it up for about four. And then I might have Hours. to, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> we'll gotta it'll be like fine. It. Nah, no, yeah. I'm sure it'll be great. It'll be, it'll you know, be awesome. They'll be so busy doing other stuff. They'll it, probably be gone yeah. most of the time, hanging out and with friends and that kind of thing. But yeah, yeah. whatever. It'll be nice. It'll be nice. We got the Good. big tree up yesterday. Our uh, 24-year-old artificial tree is wow. uh, really the needles are falling off it makes people think it's real <laughs> <laughs> and uh the branches are coming off and we have to put little screws in them to get them still them back in place <laughs> but you know every year we save a hundred bucks and we save more every year too it's even more now <clears throat> yeah i right. mean it's i think some trees are going for three hundred dollars three hundred dollars yeah it's absolutely insane oh my god yeah, it's yeah. crazy. I, I, you know, and and I miss having a real tree, but I decided if I'm going to uh, fuck up the environment, I'm just going to go with tinsel the whole all the way. It's never going to recycle. Yeah, again. boy. In fact, if we can find some of the old lead tinsel, even better. I know. Let's put that in the landfill. Anyway, <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, you know me. I have tinsel trees because, yeah. Um, of my little goofy story when I was a kid, the little, my, my, my grandfather used to actually construct our tree. We'd have these big tall trees. I think the highest tree we had was a 14 footer. And when we lived in this one house with vaulted ceilings and my grandfather would, my dad would buy a tree. Right. 
always by the tree at night so you can't see the tree. That's the deal. Right. And and you always go just before you start to fall asleep in your chair. That's That was the other thing my dad oh. would do. Uh-huh. So he would be tired with a full tummy, and we'd go at night where they had those um, – strings of uh, really weak-ass light bulbs across the, uh-huh. the, the tree lots, you know? Yeah, right. So you really couldn't see anything. And he'd just get the <laughs> tallest tree he could find. And uh-huh. My grandfather would go the next day and buy another tree and come over, and they'd put it up, and then my grandfather would cut off limbs of the of the extra tree ah. and fill in. Shove where, them in there and drill holes and stuff? Oh, yeah. he. I mean, because they weren't <laughs> cultivated. The trees that we had growing up were not cultivated trees. Yeah, right. They were the branches. The branches went up. Yeah. And and then as it started to warm up and be in the house, they would fall down. Oh, okay. You know, you know, but it, they would be all just you know jetting up, and uh, it was always very funny because you know three days into the into the tree being up, my mom would call my grandfather. She goes, "There's just this big hole." He goes, "I'm okay. Come down." Uh-huh. Cut off another branch and stick right. it in. <laughs> so it was a tinderbox by the time we got Yeah, I'm just, sure it was. Just, Some of the branches a little browner than others, probably. Yeah, but he used to do, they used to put candles uh-huh. on it. My grandmother and candles. grandfather had, <laughs> my, my grandfather and grandfather had Christmas trees with candles. Yeah, candles. And there's nothing like the smell of kerosene, too. You just, know, it's you just pour like, a little on the angel on top. I know. It's just, yeah. It's like what, what, what? You know, but that yeah. was. I mean, they didn't have lights, <clears throat> right? Yeah. They grew up with candles on their tree, and they had yeah. little candle holders, and you put the little candle in, right? There. And there must have been some sort of a cover over that or something. No, there were open flames. <laughs> Swear to God. <laughs> That's why people had noble furs because the noble furs were more flat. <laughs> Boy, that's why that's why you really got to watch your Christmas tree. You got to sit around the tree and just watch it every room. moment. You can't you walk away. <laughs> yeah, you always had my grandfather always had a bag of sand. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, had a big uh-huh. pail of sand and water uh-huh. <laughs> in the tree. He's like, shit. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That was. But here again, my grandparents were born in eighteen seventy. Six. Okay. So. <clears throat> right. Sure. Yeah. That's anyway, back when it was candles were, or nothing. Yeah, we all have these crazy. But yeah, I had my yeah. decorations up and. I used to love the lead tinsel. We had the I same pack every year because it would hang straight like an actual icicle. But it could really, you could really get some volume on it when you balled about, balled it up and threw it at, at a sibling. Oh, we were. Oh, okay, you yeah. Get, you could get As some. A weapon? Really, you could. <laughs> you could get. You could get some volume. Uh, some real velocity going across the room with that. Oh, I don't because think we were allowed. It, you know? We weren't allowed oh, to do anything but just very carefully lay one string at a time, and then carefully remove them and store them for the next year. And uh, oh, we did that too, but. Yeah. When mom wasn't looking. Well, yeah. They were balling them up in oh, little tiny sweet. BBs. They were like BBs. <laughs> it's like, how come there's a little, seems like there's less every year. I know. Why, <laughs> why are these, these things, what are these things that are messing up my, my, my vacuum cleaner? <laughs> anyway. Well, it's, hey, uh, we should say, I should explain why Susan sounds a little different than I do this morning. Oh, yeah. We, yeah, let's do that. Because we're actually doing a Zoom call. 
Nobody's hurt. Nobody has COVID. But nope. we're, we're going to have our guest on. Uh, our friend J.P. Lindy will be joining us in a little bit. And we, uh, he doesn't live here. So um, we thought we'd... No, uh, he's in California. Yeah. Yeah. We can't wait, though. I haven't about. seen J.P. for yeah, so long. No, he's going to be so funniest. fun. He's just the best. Hey, you... I had one of the best mornings of my life with J.P. Lindy at Art Krug at yeah. Pig and Patrick and in Lincoln City. No, I still remember. That was such a great day. Such laughed. a great morning. We stayed there forever and laughed so loud. Every. People wanted us to leave. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we were laughing so hard. Every day should start out like that day. Oh, my God. Yeah. Anyway, um, I, had, uh, I did have a little Christmas last weekend. We had a big family um, get-together up in Olympia, my nice. sister's children and their babies. Mm-hmm. And um, my sister's uh, husband, uh, my sister has passed. So it was his wife. His, his wife didn't come, though. They, she didn't come. But anyway, so it was, I got reservations at this beautiful restaurant called Mercado's in uh, Olympia. Mm. And if anybody loves okay. Italian food, this is the place to go. Oh, all right. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, and it's right on the water. It's just a darling uh, restaurant. Oh, nice. Oh, they gave us this big room. And we had little kids. We had two little six-year-old boys, you know, that uh, can't sit still to save their life. I so. <laughs> And they shouldn't have to. So uh, we had enough room for them to play and run and hide under stuff. And had, right. they had a great time. And But on the way up, it was raining so hard the last couple. Well, it's been raining and in, in the Pacific Northwest. And yeah. I had driven up and back the night before from Seattle. Uh, not so much in the rain coming back, but I was happy that what happened on the way up to Olympia the next day did not happen that night in the middle of the night. Uh, we were all, we were just about coming into, um, we're up on I-5 and we're at, um, in Washington, we were at exit 57 and all of a sudden, and I had my niece, Erin in the car, who's just hysterical. Cause if it's going to happen, it's going to happen when Erin's in the car, my windshield wipers, we running, ran into some heavy rains and the windshield wipers were working overtime. And all of a sudden they just started. They just spazzed out. Oh, okay. Uh, they just completely spazzed out. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, uh, we're, I, I go, oh, oh, we got to take this exit. And luckily there was a truck stop. But as I take the exit, the driver's side one just broke the hell off. <laughs> it just wow. broke off. And I these were brand new windshield wipers. Oh, God, I put that's brand annoying. new windshield wipers. Yeah. And so we're like, oh, my God, you know. And so, yeah, well, we went to the truck stop. And, of course, they didn't have the size windshield wiper I needed. They had every other one the size I needed. So now I call AAA, who said, you need a tow? I go, no, I don't need a tow. I need a windshield wiper. Can someone bring me a 21 and I'll pay for it? Just tell me where you you did it. I'll call it in. Mm -hmm. Somebody bring me one. And he goes, we can't do that. We can tow. We can tow you. Uh, Good to know. Glad I have this service. So anyway, but I knew my brother was on the road because he was going up to this. Yeah. So I didn't know if he was behind me or in front of me. Oh. And and the conversation then ensued on the phone was hysterical. (laughs) Because he wasn't driving. His partner was driving. His, his, uh, Martha was driving. And... I called Barry up and 
Hey, where are you? I said, well, where are you? I'm at milepost 57 at a truck stop. I need you to do something for me. Uh, did you get, did the car break down? Did I, I said, no, it didn't break <laughs> down. Very, I lost. What my did you do? Helper. I know windshield. So now we have to go through this whole brother, sister crap uh-huh. and he won't listen. I go, what exit are you at? What exit? Yeah. What, what mile post are you at? Give me a mile post. So he finally goes, I said, are you, he says, we're up near. I said, are you past Chehalis? Yeah. Martha goes, are we? I'm going, oh, my God, here we go. I don't know where they are. Anyway, <laughs> they don't know where they are. And Well, they do. Anyway, it turns out they were only 15 minutes ahead of us. Ah. So he did stop. At, he got off the freeway at, uh, at Highway 12 going to Mossy Rock. And he went to the truck stop there and got a windshield wiper and brought it back. And it oh, worked nice. just fine. But the thing about it is, this is a quick story because it goes online. But the deal is, is that it brings it back. We put it on. It works, but something else is wrong. <clears throat> right. You know, yeah. Because the other one, the other passenger side one looks kind of bent. Oh. And I'm going, you know, this doesn't look right. It's not laying down when they're off. Oh. No, something, something's wrong here. Something else. And so we get up to Olympia. We're only like 15, 20 minutes late and for the thing. And I had called ahead and given all the information to the, the, the so everybody could start eating and drinking and stuff. And um, so we get up there, and my nephew went out. He said, huh, I don't think we can fix this. Is this, is, this looks like it's bent. There's something, something wrong. I said, yeah. So we have to drive back to Portland with, I can only use my windshield wipers manually. I can turn it on and then wait and turn it off. I can't even do intermittent. Oh, so much. Because there's something wrong with the mechanism. So skip yeah. forward. So we get home. We didn't hit rain until we hit, like, battleground right and then so i called that was sunday i called our metro metrics wonderful people if you need a mechanic they are fabulous and so i called them up fair prices everything and everybody knows that you call a mechanic now and it's you yeah if it's an emergency you're screwed yeah anything you need they just they're so over over overbooked overswelmed you know so um, I called him up. It was Monday morning about about nine o'clock. And I said, you know, this happened. What's the earliest I can get it, bring it in? And he goes, well, I don't, I can't get you in until like the 21st, 20th, 21st, right in there. Oh my God. I had to, I had to drive to Shelton on Friday. I went, right. oh God. And he goes, but we just had a cancellation today. I'm coming. Don't give yeah, it away. Right. I'm, coming. No I'm coming. I'm coming. No, you don't. So I, I got it fixed right away. That's so but lucky. That's... You picked me up, and that when right. we went out to breakfast, so that was nice. So you know this story, but everybody else doesn't. Yeah, and they haven't had breakfast either. So I, I came out way ahead. <laughs> yeah, that was nice. So it was um, anyway. That was my um, my adventure. Yeah, fine, fine, fine. Oh God, everything's broken like that. Whatever you need fixed, whatever you need done, get ready to wait. That's just the new Russia. It's seventies Russia now, and I don't know what's going it's, on. Well, I understand supply chain and uh, harder to get workers. What I don't get is if a place has the same amount of workers and they're doing the same job, why it takes so much longer now? I, I'm not sure. I think I think some of these I'm sure mechanics, there's a reason. They're not I like think they're dragging their att- feet. I think there was some attrition in, in these places after COVID. Yeah, I think so. people didn't go back. They yeah. saved the, all that that COVID some money. Of them, yeah. They didn't want to go back. Yeah. And, 
And that's, you know, whatever. But um, I think he told me that they're, their time is, I mean, I've had really good luck because uh, when I had an emergency uh, as, as we were coming out of, of COVID and I had to go to, um, I had to go to uh, down, down South um, and I was having a problem with, um, with my alt, it turned out it was my alternator. And uh, I had this wonderful, the Broadway Toyota people came, um, came through for me right away. Oh, good. Yeah, but Barry had to call him. Right. Oh, okay. So, yeah, was, right. But it was nice, and they they it was very nice, and um, but it's hard. It's really hard, uh, and I think it's hard on them too because they have loyal customers. That yeah, they, they have to say I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so anyway, that was it. Uh, where are we? Um, We've still got another on. twenty minutes of yapping before we have to uh, pause and yeah, get we're JP gonna, going. Yeah. We're going to bring JP on here in a, in a few minutes, but um, um, what else was I going to tell you? Um, nothing else. That's what, what do you got going on? Did you have, um, um, we um, decided to, or my siblings and I decided to do a little different thing this Christmas um, because uh, Linda Recently, sister needs a snowblower. She lives in Bend. Um, And, you know, she can't just shovel the driveway and Jim's gone now. So, um, and they get snow like a lot. She, uh, we said, how often would you use it? She goes, almost every day during the winter, you know, because they get like a foot, they get more snow and they get more. Anyhow, so we decided to kind of forego giving each other presents and just all pool all the money together to get her. That's a great idea. Snowblower, yeah. You know, make it meaningful. I I don't need another smoked salmon. Sweater. You know? Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really. Uh, So we just uh, decided this year we're going to just pool our money together. And and, and, because Jim, you know, before he died, said to each one of us, take care of Linda. I mean, looked us in the eye and said, take care of Linda. So, you know, we're like, well, sure, but. Like, what do you mean? Concrete, it's a concrete way we can do that. So that's what we're doing for Christmas. And it feels like a lot more meaningful. Does she um, know? Is yeah, we, we told her yesterday on our Zoom meeting just because we didn't oh, want her to go out and buy one. You don't <laughs> you buy know? one. <laughs> but, that's so uh, nice. <clears throat> yeah, we're going to have it shipped to her uh, local Home Depot and they'll assemble it for her and then she'll go pick it up. So, um, yeah, we're, we're pretty happy that we came up with an easier plan. And, you know, I don't like... You know, shopping is a pain every year, and the commercialism of it, of it just I sort just of think, yeah, takes I the think fun we, out of it. I think that's the, yeah, that's the situation. We, I would rather have a day with people doing something fun or yeah. have, you know, a, a meaningful meal or something like that. Just have, you know, but. The coolest thing. The little kids, the little kids, I like to buy. Yeah, festival. if there's kids coming around. Yeah. The the coolest thing about this year for us is that we decided to put up our big fake tree again, like I said. And um, now what we were able to do, because when we cleared out our basement, we have a whole area of our laundry room that's all shelves of Christmas stuff, two big fat shelves sticking out into the laundry. We're able to pare that down to probably one shelf and like give away a bunch of stuff. That's awesome. Um, find out something that doesn't work, throw it away. We're going to clear out a big whole shelf uh, oh, that feels so oh, good. Oh, God, that's going to be feel the best. Because we that's who needs eight? We, we had like, I, I bet you 15 different bags of Christmas lights. 
and half of them are. By the way, before you throw them out, call me and I'll give you the name of a place you can take to recycle them. Yeah, okay, will do. The old old strings of lights because I've done that. I, I, I searched it and you can research it yourself too. Don't don't toss them out. They'll say, "Oh, you can put them in." No, you don't. You can you can. They'll strip them and take the wire and and then sell it for meth. But they will recycle. Okay, whatever. You got to keep the meth dealers um, from. <laughs> yeah, at least they don't have to go rummage through your car. Then really, yeah, exactly. It's a seasonal <laughs> well, thing for a, them. <laughs> there's a place. There's a place over in North Portland that will do it. <laughs> nice. Okay. Yeah, I'll find out that yeah. place from you. And because uh, yeah. yeah. You know, they, they're, I don't know what that is with lights, man. They, they're they designed to quit working after about one or two years. You know, I'm lucky. I do have lights that work. I've used. I've had lights that I've used for a very long time. Wow, that's amazing. But my, but my lights are stored inside. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have a lot of them. So, you know, yeah, just, right. the outdoor ones, they work. Yeah. They work for years. I'm just not putting them up because I just, I'm lazy. Well, you know, I quit putting them up that year when I was up on the ladder and the ladder slid out un- from underneath me. Yeah, that's the last year I would do it too. And that's yeah. the last year I started hanging them along our roof line. No. Catherine said, no, uh-uh, we don't need them that bad. No. Um, so uh, no. Yeah, we decided not to, eh, that's all right, I don't care. We've got those uh, snow, what do they call them? Um, blow mold, plastic, hollow, like lawn ornaments. We have a bunch of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a Santa with reindeer that you hang. We have a big Santa. Uh, we have uh, a nativity scene. We have, gosh, just about everything you can imagine. And it's all hollow plastic with the light inside. You know, we looked at on eBay. We looked on eBay to find out how much these would be worth. Right. It's crazy. It's insane. Like the Santa that we have, $1,500. This is how much these people were asking for. Don't know if they oh. got that. But it's insane Get how much, like the cheapest one of these little statues is like two or $300 because they don't make them anymore, I guess. So we've I'm got this big you, stack of them now. we got to try to sell. We should be doing that right now, actually. I'm going to send you a picture. I saw this meme that you will uh, Okay. It, you might be able to. I, oh, shit. Anyway. Um, yeah. It's amazing how much they will get for um, Yeah. And they're, you know, people collect this Christmas That's stuff. To, they do. And so did we. We didn't mean to, but we ended up doing it. Hey, got a couple of recommendations for you. Oh, you do? Um, Spirited with Will Ferrell and Ryan Is it good? Reynolds. It's a musical, but it's still, it's a lot of fun. It's got a little bit of a grown-up comedy, a funny part of it that mixed in with the kind of fun kids thing. But it's really fun, and it's really, truly I funny. Mean- I've been, I've been wanting to, it's on Apple TV, right? Yeah. I have it on. Yeah. I, I went, cause I watched, I watched another one the other night that I thought was, I couldn't remember if I'd seen it before, but the cast was unbelievable. Mm. And it was, I mean, these are Academy Award winners. Right. Uh, uh, Emma Thompson's in it. Oh, wow. And, um, I didn't recognize the lead gal, but she's very good. I've seen her now in something else, but it's called, um, the last Christmas. Okay. And it's kind of hokey, but it's not, it was really well done. Right. And, um, um, anyway, uh, there's just, there's just, you go, wow. The guy that was in, um, my crazy, 
not my crazy something wedding. Anyway, mm -hmm. uh, Asian wedding, my crazy Asian wedding or something yeah, like that. Yeah, bell. Anyway, so. there's, yeah, that was good. Um, but funny, I, I love the funny. So that's, that. I'll watch that one for sure. And also the other one recommendation is uh, called uh, What We Did on Our Vacation with uh, Billy Connolly and I saw that. David That's Tennant. fabulous. That was my oh favorite my movie I've seen in a while. It's, it's fabulous. It's those just, kids were amazing. Oh, those three kids were adorable. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Actor. And, uh, yeah, it's just a really sweet. It's a movie about uh, Billy Connolly's dying of cancer and D David Tennant's marriage is falling apart. Uh, but it's funny. It's subtle, it and is, it's and funny, and it's heartwarming, and it's a feel-good movie. Billy Connolly's just everything out of his mouth. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. The man is just this. He's when you think of a poet laureate. Right. You know, on so many levels, it's Billy Connolly. Yeah, right. Yeah. Everything, everything is just he touches is just wonderful. Right. So um it's yeah. So thoughtful. And yeah. What that uh, what and it's called what I did uh, on my What we did on our vacation. Yeah, what we did on our vacation. Yes, I saw that and yeah. I Okay, we're running out of time now, so we have 10 more minutes. Um, 10 more minutes. But we, we don't have to run that long either because we're going to talk. No, with, we're going to talk JP. with JP pretty soon. Yeah, there's a little ticker up here that says we have 9 minutes, 47 seconds left. Um, no hurry. Wanna, what, what else Here's the I other thing to, that has yeah. been good about all this rain is that we found out where all the leaks are in our basement, and now all the walls are exposed so we're able to actually deal with it before we rebuild everything. Oh, that's, so that's great. Uh, that's going to be great. It's It might be expensive, but better to do it once. You know, it's uh, something my friend said, <laughs> his dad used to tell him about money. Better to cry once. Now, we have a, we have a, I just wanted to talk to our, our, our sweet listeners um, about so I was gonna, I was looking at my calendar, and our next podcast would have been on the twenty fifth, which is not going to happen. No, it's probably not going to happen. But uh, <clears throat> we could do, we could do one the twenty sixth, or we could wait until and do one on New Year's Day, mm -hmm. and do our silly little predictions. Yeah, right. And we can do a Zoom if you don't want to come over, or you and Catherine can both come over, and we can do it here with Catherine. Right. Okay. Well, so, uh, um, so be prepared for whatever comes at you or whenever yeah. it happens. But we, yeah, we won't, we won't be doing our next podcast on, on Christmas day. Um, no, I... um, I don't know what I'm going to be doing Christmas day. I haven't, haven't decided yet. Um, yeah. You, oh, you don't think you'd be going over to Barry's and, uh, I might, I might, they, they may be doing something else. I don't know. So right. I have to, and I, I've been invited up to, um, my my uh, Maisie, my sweet little baby grandniece is um, a great niece. She's not my grandniece. She's my great niece. Um, is uh, it's her first Christmas? Oh, it's her God. first one. There you so, go. And um, pretty damn cute. Yeah, very cute. So I was thinking I might go up there and play with her for a little while. Oh, That's a, sweet. It's a three and a half hour drive up. A three and a half hour drive back. Okay. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't be sitting around wondering what to do. Nope. Anyway. Um, uh, so anyway, uh, she's so sweet. Uh, you know, it's so fun to have a baby again. Yeah. We, I mean, you know, all my little great, great 
great. Uh, we had a great time with those little boys. Those little boys are so sweet. We had two six-year-olds, and they're just adorable. Yeah. And I have then I have my other ne- uh, grandnephew um, Corwin, who is um, he's thirteen, and he's really tall, really tall, and he has his voice changed. And it's, it's all you can do to keep a straight face. Yeah. You have to keep a straight face when he talks to you. You have to go, because you want to go, oh, oh my God. I know, but you can't. You can't do it. You can't. <laughs> no, no, that's you just the, have to. the most sensitive, yeah. Oh, God, no. They just, they then they never say another word. Yeah. So you have, you know, and luckily his mother whispered in my ear. She goes, his voice changed. I said, okay, I got, got the memo, got the memo. Not uh-huh. gonna, I won't say anything. Anyway, and my brother, I heard my brother go, well, what the hell happened to your voice? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, right. And now he's going to talk to you. Anyway, so. Yeah. Good to anyway. have that filter. <laughs> anyway, so. Okay, well. Um, well, let's, so, uh, yeah, let's we're going to pause we're, here we're, for a moment. And we will be back with our buddy. Yes, with our buddy J.P. Lindy, who I know you guys will enjoy because he has a, oh, his new book to, to talk about. So Don't go, don't go away. All right. <laughs> there we go. Let me turn off. There he there is. <laughs> Live and in person, it's J.P. Lindy. Hey, everybody. You look lovely. Oh, oh God. Well, uh, how are you? You look good. Thank you. Thank you very much. I got my I got my author's turtleneck on. How do I look? You do. Very oh, studious. <laughs> All I need are patches right here. Um, I, think I really in a pipe. You need a pipe. Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah, so. pipe or a cigar. Well, thank you so much for having me. Oh, yes, of course. We had a busy schedule, but we managed to move things no. around. <laughs> no, no, no. I Listen, um, you guys are my lucky charm, so I feel it very, very important that I uh, touch base with you guys. So well, thank you for having me. I'm so happy that the writer's strike is over for you and then yeah. get back on the projects that you are starting. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, JP Lindy has been our friend for almost for 40 years. <laughs> yeah. We've known him for 42, but <laughs> well, and you, I mean, you started in Portland, you were, a, you were a sketch comic and then in 78 and then took to the stand up stage and right. you know, uh, you, you know, you've been, you've been funny your whole life and well, now you've got yeah. this and acting, you're an actor and all these other things. And now you, you've got all these books out and it's so awesome. I'm so excited for you. And this writer's strike just hit you right below the knees, just as you were getting to start some. Yeah, I was projects. just, I was actually, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that, but I was just getting rolling. I mean, I mm-hmm. just signed with a pretty prestigious management group um, and uh uh, everything was looking really, really good. I mean, it was just looking so good. And then two things happened. My manager um, started her own company and left and didn't take me with her. And uh, then, um, I know, right? And yeah. this was like after four or five months. And then the writer's strike. 
And uh, wow. uh, so yeah. it was just like, so it's like nuts. Luckily I had a, an agent at the time. I had Betsy McGee at Visionary Talent and we went about looking for a new manager. And uh, that went, that, that, that was probably the most important thing because I, I really liked the management process. I don't know if you guys have managers, but it's, they're really important <laughs> to have. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. No. Well, well, they're they're um they're great to have because they're I like to think of mine as a literary valet and that they they like they make sure that your your presence your like your social presence on social media everything is just perfect so that nothing will go wrong if anybody you know calls you it's it's kind of a and then they everything has to be bounced off of them. Like you don't start a new project till your manager goes, yeah, I think that will sell, you know, it, it's, it's, That's it's good. really, wow. yeah. so you're not, yeah. so you're not swimming around, you know, in this, in this right. pit. Heading down so, these paths think, that don't authors, lead you anywhere. Well, I think yeah. authors especially need that because they know what's out there and what's coming on, you know, yeah. scri scri like scripts are being passed around constantly. Um, you know, uh, there's, they, they keep their ear to the ground as far as storylines and what's, you know, what's going to be overdone and what's not going to be done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. More than agents, you know, agents yeah. just basically send the thing out, you know, they go, Oh, they're looking for a romantic comedy. We'll send it there. But, yeah. but managers kind of have their finger on the pulse and it's, it is really, really good to have. And, and, uh, Art will appreciate this. We uh, so I got the new manager, Blair Silver and Company, and um, just got it. I mean, we just we just signed we just signed the contract, and um, the writer strike happened, and it went on a long time, and about yeah, three weeks did. into it, yeah, yeah, it really did. Yeah, boy. And uh, Blair went to me and he goes, "So what are you going to do this time off?" And I go, "Right, I guess write some scripts or something." Mm -hmm. He goes, "You know what? I think you need to write another book." Yeah. And, he, ah. and uh, I went, ah, man, it takes two years to write one of those things. I really don't have any. And then he, he pulled the Jerry Durham. He went, let me get this straight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Remember that? You have the time. <laughs> you have the time, but you're not going to do it. And, uh, um, so uh, whereas Son of Ravage took about two years, uh, Fool's Gold, which I think is a much better book, took uh, about six months. To write from beginning to end, wow. it was it, it was really touch and go, and it was really really pushed. Now we were lucky; we had a script that we based it on um, that I had written, and uh, uh, so we just went off of that. So that helped a lot. But right. it was the really storyline in place. Yeah, exactly. So it's just a matter of adding some more chapters, you know, and kind of fleshing characters out and stuff like that. But uh, it went really really well, and I'm really really lucky. The response has been pretty outstanding on this wow. thing. I mean, it, you have it, got, you've got reviews. I read your reviews on Amazon this morning and it's just five stars, five stars, five stars, people going, Oh my God, I couldn't put it down. It's not a big book. It's 217 pages. Yeah, that's really, yeah. It's about uh, six months worth of book. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, but it's action packed. They said from the beginning, from the, from the first paragraph, right to the end, people couldn't stop. You know, they, yeah. they, they said you're, 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 you're sucked in immediately to the storyline, which is so JP because I'm not a science fiction person, but when I read son of ravage, 
I was just, I was just blown away. I was like, cause it was all, it was, you had Portland references from the 1960s. Right. So much fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was, that was a fun book to do, but, but, um, we really had that, uh, there was a lot of time and, and uh, it's interesting enough that, you know, I've started to do a sequel of that book like three times and it, it they all just come out so terrible based on, you know, you know that nothing comes out great. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, you know, we, I, I think we were really lucky with this one, you know, it was based on a screenplay. So that's why, you know, there's always something going on and it right. just kind of escalates. And I like that kind of Indiana Jones episodic type kind of, uh, flow to, to right. a thing, right. but also I think art will appreciate it. It's got, it's got some of the heart that son of Ravage had too. Yeah. You know, it's, it's got a, it's got some really nice stuff at the end where, you know, we get to, we get to kind of see where these characters are. Uh, well, you there's know, a, a boy and a dog. There's yeah, a boy an Afri- and a dog. <laughs> an African-American boy and a dog. Yeah. 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 And, uh, he's, he's actually comes to Seattle looking for his dad who went up there to get work. They're both from Portland. They went up there to get work and uh, he gets Shanghai and uh, taken aboard a ship. And he, you know, he gets arrested and thrown in a uh, orphanage or old, you know, uh, a kid's home uh, where he uh, escapes. And in the, in the process of escaping, he runs into a hotel where Jack London is giving a lecture. And, and that's how the two become introduced. And then uh, Wyatt Earp is the bad guy, and he's after them because of this map of gold that they have. And it just kind of goes from, you know, Seattle to being lost at sea to being on a, a, a whaling ship with a bunch of Bolsheviks to, <laughs> <laughs> to you know, to landing in Juneau to, you know, and, and all sorts of, you know, all sorts of escapades and stuff. And it's just, a, it was a lot of fun to write. And uh, you know, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Well, I can't wait I had to, to wait. I had to. I had to wait for that. It. I had to wait for the paperback because I want. I want your physical books. I wanted the physical book. So. Oh well, good. I well, just you, yeah yeah. Well, it, that's it's not it's not and it's it's coming. available on Amazon now. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah, you just go to Amazon. Uh, pretty soon, it's going to be uh, available at all sorts of places, uh, Walmart, um, uh, independent bookstores where you can just go in and, and they'll order it for you. They won't mm-hmm. keep any in stock, right. uh, but they will order it for you. And you'll be able to get it at barnesandnoble.com and walmart.com and all sorts of places. But right now, it's just at Amazon. So And, um, and it's a great, It's yeah, it's easy um, to get. So Yeah. Yeah, it really, it really is. And it's on Kindle. And um, yeah. talking about the uh, uh, kind of cinematic quality of it, mm-hmm. we've, we've already got it at two producers. I mean, two producers have asked to see the book. One asked to see the book and the screenplay, and then another one asked to see the book. And uh, wow. so, yeah, we feel pretty, pretty lucky about just that, you know, the way it's going. It just, it just sounds like it's, it's a made for, it's a perfect either Netflix or a, yeah, it sounds like it's something that. It's yeah. Lord knows PG. they're looking for content. You know, well, PG, so. but it's right. a, you know, there's such bad children's, you know, they don't have the, I mean, we grew up with old yeller, which is, was a horrible movie. It made you cry so bad. <laughs> you know, I mean, everything, somebody's dog was always dying or something. His mother yeah. was always dying. Jesus one. Christ. <laughs> Jesus, Joseph, Mary and Pat. But anyway, but it's, it's also very historical. That's the other thing is how much fun was that to do the history 
of of some of the gold rush stuff that you had to get into. The, the gold stuff was uh, um, great, and and because um, you, you live know, near where the California gold rush. Happened. I live I live a short drive from Jack London's house. That wow! Down. So I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty close to that, and and uh, what city um, is that in? Petaluma. Uh, it's it, it, no, his uh, house is in a place called Glen Ellen, Glen Ellen, California. Glen Ellen. I Valley spent a the, summer Val there. Valley of the Moon. Believe yeah. it or not, I spent oh, a summer Valley with a girlfriend in Glen Ellen, working for the Petaluma J.C. Pennies, going to the oh, London nice. okay. London Lodge restaurant. Yeah. Are you yeah, familiar? Right. Where is? Yeah. That's where. Yeah, and I have Catherine's behind me. She's heard this story, but that's where we were sitting in the restaurant one, and somebody goes, "Tom Smothers is here." Like kind of whispered it so like that. I and my girlfriend's mother goes, Who? What? Tom Smothers is here. She goes, Whose mother is here? Very nice. Nice and uh, nice and quiet. Always, always very, very helpful. Yeah. So I'm I'm kind of uh in that area, and then Art and I spent God five weeks in Alaska. We spent a lifetime in Alaska. Yes, yeah. For Ray Barbell, and uh, <laughs> that's right, your nickname for him, this bodybuilder guy who, on off the airplane, is like, "Look, they can't really go by contracts up here." Yeah, we don't we don't do that up here. Uh, so you're just gonna have to stay loose. You're gonna be up here for three months. <laughs> you're gonna be up here for three months, and we'll get you all the bookings we can. At least four or five, probably. Yeah. How long were you, how long were you guys up there? I think it was like uh, nine days, eleven days. God, it was longer than that. I think it was. Yeah. I think it was a couple of three weeks. weeks. Yeah, that's went, right. And, and you went. You Art had another gig. Yeah, Matt Wilson bailed them out with another gig, so I had to stay up and I had to do. <laughs> two, I had to, that's I had right. To do, I had to do an hour and a half, which and was it's right. Forty Ended up minutes in, of me and fifty minutes of everybody else. I get the. <laughs> <laughs> I, I flew back to Vancouver, BC, to do the punchlines. It's like, well, uh, enjoy the Yukon Territory, JP. I'll see you <laughs> when you right. get home. That's where it was. Wow. Yeah. 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 That's cold up there, too. That is, that's desolate, and they are desperate. You know, when Art and I were there, it was the most beautiful uh, uh, country that, I, you know, yeah, we, good, yeah. we went out and played a catch out in front of a motel yeah. where eagles were just flying all around us. Yeah, and it was, right. Yeah. It, was, it was the most amazing, t really, yeah. that part of it was really something was it, else. Was it, was it summertime, you think? Uh, around Easter, I think. Okay, so it was, yeah. Yeah, because we were out yeah. there during Easter. It was the yeah. very first episode of Twin Peaks. That's what I associate with that. Yeah. Because oh, we watched yeah, that in the room and uh -huh. uh, laughed our asses off and uh, that became a thing. Everybody started watching. Because you were living it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was too close to yeah. home. I mean, Air Pat Wilson with Ray Barbell, and what do you get? Twin Peaks. <laughs> it was a little David Lynch. Oh, yeah, well, God. It was. But it was it was a nice, Art and I had a nice time. It yeah. was great. Great fun. So that was, you know, that was kind of inspired it a little bit. It was just kind of seeing Alaska for the first time and, and being up there. And, and Art and I got to see some beautiful country. And then we actually drove to the Yukon through the Whitehorse, through the old Chilkoot Chilico Pass, where a lot of the story takes place. So Art and I were on a gravel road. Yeah, um, I think right. They were, so yeah. you were able to pull that, that memory back. You didn't go back up there to go to no, do any more research no. you actually I was doing it and and it's interesting because what I will do is when I write is uh history be damned I will write it and then I will go back and I will try to correct it as I go 
You know, I don't, right. I, I, I don't really try to be too much of a stickler. In fact, the very first page of the book says, uh, uh, a quote by me that says, why let, you know, the truth stand in the way of a good time. And, and that's what the whole story is about. It's about the good time. There right. are elements in it that are very, very factual and, but most of it's not, you know, uh, Wyatt Earp and Jack London did meet, um, they did become friends and they did actually kind of, uh, um, a form of friendship and they were actually going to go interview Pancho Villa, the Mexican hmm. general. Cool. Wow, yeah. And the, yeah. But they, but, but Jack London died before they ever got a chance to do that. So ah. what I did was I knew that and I thought, you know, what would, um, what if they started out as enemies? What if they were both trying to get the same thing and right. that's what kind of causes this conflict and stuff like that. So yeah. um, it's, it's a lot of fun and, and it ends with them kind of bearing the hatchet you know, about nine years later, where um, they actually did, where Jack London really did meet White Earp, which was in a brothel in Nome, Alaska, that White Earp owned. <laughs> <laughs> That's where they really met. But I have a meeting, you know, a few years earlier than that. But uh, uh, so have, uh, yeah. you ever, so, have you ever been to a brothel? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I haven't. I've never been to a brothel, and I've never been to Nome, as a matter of fact. Yeah, so there way. you go. <laughs> Either way, but it was, it was, uh, uh, yeah, well, you know, little, when in Nome, you know, do like yeah, the, in, the Nomans, <laughs> do what the Nomans do. But it was great. And the, and the book, I think what you were telling about Susan is, um, people are buying content now. It's all about intellectual properties. They're not really buying spec screenplays. Like when Art and I, when I first started writing, right. they're not looking for that single screenplay. They're looking for something they can turn into like a nine episode. Right. Paramount exactly. Plus show. So they're they're really looking for that. And that's why my manager wanted me to tackle the book. He goes, look, you know, the screenplay is great, but let's try to stretch it out a little bit and try to well, get see, a little bit. See, I even see of Son of Ravage being that that could be an episodic sci-fi. Yeah, could, it could. That could, I mean, really, it really yeah. could be. It really could be. And yeah. um, um and the hol holog holographic detective agency. Yeah. Um, that's uh, the other book that you wrote early on. When did you really write that? way on probably in, uh, 2000, like around there. Did you uh, ever, did you, did you give that to your, to your manager to look at and see? Um, or, no, because there's a lot of copyright stuff, uh, issues in that. I mean, I, so oh. what this guy does, the detective solves crimes using holograms and the way he gets these holograms is he lifts them from movies or TV or anything. So, I mean, you know, Dean Martin's in it, John Wayne's in it, Circus Delay's in oh, it, you know, all yeah. these copyrighted characters are in it, which would be really, really difficult to try to wrangle down. I think it's a lot of fun and it's kind of really goofy premise and, and, uh, but <laughs> I don't, you know, I just, I just really don't see that happening, you know. Goofy, Goofy really does kind of encapsulate. It is. It's really you. fun. It's, you, you are Goofy. I love that because you have this huge imagination that is just right. so unique. It's very unique. It really yeah. is. Absolutely. And yeah, that, thank you. But yeah. I, I think comics are all kind of blessed with the, um, uh, a little something they're we're all a little touched you know <laughs> I, I just i just really think so i mean yeah i think you're right and and uh mine just has to be you know in a 
in a different direction, you know, kind right. of in a prop in a prop comic type way. <laughs> <laughs> God, I wish I could get back to the prop. There's a there's a open mic right down the street from me now. Uh-oh. It's like a, a, a little brew pub thing. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. Um, Are you yeah. doing stuff? Are you going out down there and, and just looking at stuff or looking at people? Or... You know, I you know I'm thinking of going uh, to check it out just to yeah. watch. Right. Um, but I don't think I'd ever get up ever again. You were lucky. You saw my very last show. Now, and I'm very happy with that last show uh, for for Dave's benefit. And I wouldn't have done it unless it was you guys and Dave. I would never. I want to remind people, JB, you were so brilliant that night. We had a huge crowd <laughs> at Chinook Winds. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was probably over 400, maybe 500 people there. There was, it was two full banquet rooms that was packed. Yeah. And you got up on stage with your selfie stick. <laughs> oh my God. And we were just crying backstage. That's right. Laughing our asses off. And true to every JP so uh, JP premise, he, he commits. He doubles down. He, he doesn't doubled. bail halfway through. Oh, I remember. You had the audience just pounding on the tables. Just oh, hysterical. Yeah. I, I think we were laughing more than the audience, but it was certainly a lot no. of fun. And I, and I, and I, I loved every moment I was with you. The, the, the whole fun of it with me was being with you guys. That was, yeah. you know, that was the whole thing. Yeah. The, right. The pig and pancake was <laughs> probably one of my, you know, I, I, yeah. Probably top you know, 10 mornings of all time. Ever. Best yeah. breakfast ever. You were so stoned. <laughs> I know I was. I was lit. And I went. I went right to the. I went right to the dispensary in in Lincoln City. Yeah. Bought the biggest fattest joint that I, I think I've ever seen in my life, and then went and smoked the whole thing. Little wake and bake oh on, yep. on the on the beach, and then you guys called and went, "Hey, we're in town. Let's go have some breakfast." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sure. I'm kind of tripping right now. And we just, <laughs> we were there for hours. And yeah, <laughs> we, until they were sick of us. People were going, Are you leaving? Because you're loud. Yeah, we yeah. are loud. God damn it. We're not leaving. Susan but, took a picture of me and Art, and uh, Art looks great. And my eyes are so you, you, have no, you have no eyes. Just little red <laughs> slits. <laughs> it was so fun, but but that was uh, God. What a we lovely show! So hard. I don't. You know how often do we get to laugh like that? You know, that's very rare. Very rare. Rare. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. Is that uh, I just I was just asked that this weekend. I, I this guy goes. You must have just terrible laugh lines, uh, you know, just, you know, from laughing all the time. I'm going, you know, comics, that's our job to make you laugh. Right. It it almost takes another comic to make us laugh that hard because. Yeah, we see something funny and we go, yeah, that's good. I like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but, but when we sit around and we talk about our personal lives, and then and then you know, and we start riffing on what's really going on with us, then, that yeah, everybody can identify with and stuff. Then, yeah, I, boy, it's oh boy, gold. I mean, it's I know, I know, I've just never laughed so hard in my entire life. So yeah. I'd love to have you come up and do my show. We're I'm producing this uh, new. I want to do a series of them in different cities, but um, we did it here. Art and I did is called "Who's Fooling You." I, I'm not I'm not married to the name yet, but basically it's road comics. I'm getting uh-huh. I'm getting our generation 
I'm getting the guys that came up in the eighties and, and, and they do a little stand up, and then they tell road stories. And honest to God, people are going, they oh, yeah. want to hear stories. They the really stories were the part of the, the show that they really loved the most. Yeah. Art and I, you guys, I will do it any, any time for you. Guys. I know. And I'm, I'm thinking we could do it down that way. But um, and and get some other other, you know, road comics. I, I want to put there's just this plethora of stories that, you know, yeah. that need to be. I think people are fascinated by comedians stories, too, because they're kind of bizarre. A lot of the stuff that happens to us on stage and just leading up to the shows is just utterly surreal. And Milt, Milt Abel was on the show. And mm-hmm. one of the stories had to be a lie. Right. And I, you would have sworn to God that his stories were absolutely true. And yeah. one of his was the lie. Right. <laughs> and we had to go through these. Uh, we had to keep going through the cards. People voted. And then we finally had, we finally found like two, two people that got it right. Uh-huh. They, they, you know, so we could give the prizes away. Right, right. But it was so believable. And one of my uh, stories ended that. with a reference to you, JP. It was oh, really? the, the being when I got eaten alive opening for level 42 at Starry Night. <laughs> just absolutely people throwing nickels at me and just moving me off the stage in a wave, flipping me off in a wave. And uh, oh. immediately calling you afterwards and go, JP, get me high. I got to get high right now. I'm coming over. <laughs> oh, my God. That was the funniest story. And then, oh. of course, um, uh, you got back at me when Jerry Durham booked me uh, at, a, at a company picnic, not doing stand-up, but scooping ice cream and telling oh, jokes. God, that's right. They can plug it in anywhere. It's just like <laughs> scooping ice I, I cream. He was he he was he was the worst. I mean, yeah. Dave Anderson, he loved and he booked all these you know million dollar gigs. Yeah, and great stuff like corporate that. stuff. But for me, it was like scooping ice cream yeah. or and always the same old, let me get this straight. Yeah. You have the night free. But you don't want to scoop ice cream? And the, what he, he offered me was in a high school cafeteria uh, yeah. doing 45 minutes, and then they shift and get a new group of people in there standing on one of the tables in the cafeteria, by the way. <laughs> and then, then a new group of high school kids come in. He do 45 more minutes for $75. Let me get this straight. You have the time open, but you don't want to make $75. Oh, my God. It was I'll spend more than that on there's therapy. There's a famous JP quote when I first started stand-up. I don't go anywhere for less than 25 bucks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was Dave Anderson's favorite story. And, and then David, David always take a beat and then go, and his price hasn't gone up that much since. That's really so perfect. Funny. Yeah, he was just he, he was just he was just the best. But yeah, a lot of a lot of dumpy, really really dumpy uh, shows that 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 I did. I, I think they, you you were the first one to ever headline me though. At RJ oh, at RJ, 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 RJ Kelly's in Vancouver. Yeah, the, yeah the, you were the, the first one that the, ever put me on the room with the phones. phones. That's yeah, right, the phones yeah, at the at the booths. <laughs> Hey, hey, well, I'm sitting over table seven. What are you? What are you? You got a boyfriend? Oh my God. Yep, yep, yep. 
That was the room. I'm that was the room where I was that. in the middle of the show. Actually, I'd finished my set. Somebody else was on stage, and a fight broke out in the parking lot. And somebody <laughs> came walking into the room and goes, "Hey, everybody! There's a fight outside!" <laughs> and literally every single audience member went out to watch the fight. Of course they did. Of course Instead they did. of watching the show, and then fifteen twenty minutes later, they started trickling back in for this oh poor God, comedian to try and th- finish. You just, there were some terrible shows. There were some <laughs> terrible shows. Sarsaparillas was on 82nd. Was that on 82nd? That was on McLaughlin, I think. McLaughlin. Out in Milwaukee. Yes, right, yeah. It was out in Milwaukee. And I, I remember doing that show that, for Dave and getting heckled. And I thought it was a guy was heckling uh-huh. me because she looked like a guy. Right. Oh, really? <laughs> and I stepped in it big time right and well, that's, i that's, i just i put my tail between my legs and went i had no idea i was addressing a woman right mm-hmm. and uh boy did i get an earful and i was not very i was not very seasoned at all well yeah i got nailed if she I, I i got i got you beat susan i got you beat do you okay oh yeah i'm up in i'm up <laughs> I'm up in North, uh, Northern Washington at, at some community college, and it's it's a nooner, and I'm up on stage. No. Everybody, everybody's gathered around the student union, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm doing my jokes, and there's a guy sitting in the front row. I think Art knows this story. Who like every time I would tell the joke, and people would laugh and go like that. Yeah, and it was it was really starting to get to me. I mean, it, <laughs> it was throwing me off, and every every time I get a laugh, that would come out or it would come out before I get to the punchline. <laughs> Finally, I just I just snapped. I went <laughs> back right out. Oh my god! And, yeah, and, 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 oh. and somebody sitting next to him went, uh, "He's deaf." <laughs> oh, god! <laughs> everybody, everybody just oh. went. Everybody just went silent. You <laughs> asshole! Oh, yeah, collective, a collective you asshole. Like three hundred people. Oh, it was oh just so. I, I, we've all had those. We have. We've had them. We had the oh. uh, uh, the laugh stop Newport Beach third show uh, on on a Saturday night. This gal sitting in front with her with her friends, and um, <laughs> there were there were crutches. You would think I would leave it let the fuck alone. No, I wouldn't think that. Well, <laughs> I didn't leave it alone. I didn't leave it alone. Her crutches were leaning up against the stage, and I go, "Oh, did you break your hand? You break your foot? No. Did you break your ankle? No. Did you break her leg? No. <laughs> oh, I can't leave it alone. Keep can't pushing. Cannot leave it alone. <laughs> What's your oh, problem? Way, she's wearing a hat, a big brimmed hat inside. Okay, well, that's kind of asking for it. Yeah, yeah. And, and I wasn't picking up on any of the clues. Mm-hmm. And she goes, "No, I lost my leg." And the oh. girls at the table are just giving me daggers, and I'm going, I am never coming back from this, am I? This is never going to I am never going to put this crowd back ever, ever, ever. I, I was, it's God, like Jeff man. Stilson, our buddy Jeff, his story about doing jokes and somebody in the audience is going, like that. <laughs> what? Well, what's wrong with that? And he'd do some more jokes, and he goes, what is your deal? Why are you hissing me? You know, that wasn't that offensive. And his person next to him goes, he's on a respirator. (laughs) 
Yeah. Oh my you God. Can't save yourself. Oh. Those are the stories you just kind of go, Oh my God, how did I get out alive? Yeah. And yeah. You, anyway, but God love you. I miss you so bad. How's Lori? How's she doing? How's everybody's doing, everybody's doing good. Lori's at work right now. Uh, um, uh, just, you know, I'm very mad at me because I'm like so old that I'm, you know, on Medicare and stuff like that. And she's paying, I think, uh, or we're paying uh, about $800 a month on her, on her insurance. Cause she's a, you know, a, a one person, you know, blue cross, blue shield one, you know, yeah. thing. cause she makes, too, we make too much money for her to go on, you know, California. Uh, cause she's Obamacare. not, 60, she's not 65 yet. No, no, no. You know me, I always married him younger. So <laughs> unfortunately it didn't work out. We should have planned this a little better. That's what Art Art, Art yeah, married young too. So he's right. yeah, Catherine's got a yeah, they're paying yeah. insurance. Yeah. So, but everybody's doing good. Everybody's, you know, staying busy. Um um Where's Patia? Uh Patia's uh a, your daughter. A, yeah. Yeah, she's she's with her mother. They have a business cleaning houses. Good. So they're yeah, they're doing that and they're both are they in Portland? Them. Uh, Patience in Portland and her mom's in Gresham. Okay. So, <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Well, because yeah. I always get asked for recommendations, so. Oh, well, by all means, I think they do a good job. They've been in I'll they've been I'll text for a you. while. I'll text you for the company's name. Yeah. Was, I sneeze again. Bless anyway, you. thank you. So, <laughs> so where will you, where will, will Patient be with you at holidays or is she going to be? No, we're, um, Patia has a big husky dog now, and uh, so she uh, um, she doesn't travel as much because the dog can't really go with her, and she doesn't like to leave the dog alone. Uh -huh. And so uh, it's all up to Lori and I to go visit her, which we will be doing probably in the spring. We'll be going up. Will you let us know nice, when you're here? Yeah. Of course. Of course I will, yeah. Yeah, what about, I actually did the the Dave walk last April, I think, which was a That's blast. right, and right. I was out of town. Yeah, we I both know. missed All you. All you guys were. Yeah. yeah. I know. We were, yeah, I'm I think big, we were working bummer. together, actually. We were working together. I think that was when actually. I think you were, yeah. Yeah. It's, right. it's like understandable, and nobody, I better than anybody know that, you know, if you have work, you got to. You gotta grab it, you know, take it. Yeah. You know, just before, just before we end, I was just gonna say that, um, uh, the other day on Facebook, uh, KTU, Steve Denary, the producer, because um, I just had coffee with um, uh, with Helen, but I saw oh. this lovely post, and it was a picture of Steve Denary and our dear friend Dave Anderson, and just out of the blue, there was this, you know, you're still so very missed. Oh, you know, yeah. it was just yeah, this wonderful. Right, it right. was just, and you know, and the comments just went off the charts. Oh, it Dave was, was so that kind wonderful. of guy. Yeah, you know, I, I would never, I would, you know, uh, yeah, there, there, you know, it's hard because he was your best, your best friend. You guys were, best yeah, friends. yeah, he was, he, they broke the mold with Dave. I mean, yeah. I, you yeah. know, I, right. uh, I remember Susan called me up and asked me if she, I wanted to do a show. This is when he passed away. And I remember I just started crying. I go, I can't, I can't. It was a radio, yeah. it was a radio show. And I go, I can't, I can't do it. It took me, it took me a while yeah. to, you know, to get all the way through that. And I was working for Apple at the time. They go, what's your problem? <laughs> Why, <laughs> you're on, no, you know? <laughs> we, I, I had a day job and I had to leave. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. and it was, and I had been there the day before he passed. Cause he passed on the weekend, but mm -hmm. it was like the Monday. 
Yeah. And I had, I just couldn't, I couldn't get through. I couldn't, it was just, it yeah. was so hard. But, um, yeah. and we've, uh, we, yeah. we've been keeping up with Chris. I mean, I see, you know, we're trying to get together with Chris. Yeah, I stayed with Chris when I was up there, which was really oh, nice. So nice. We got to spend, yeah, we got, to, we got to spend a lot of time. Did she ever tell you the story about Dave? I think it was like near the end. It was like the last day where he um, uh, he was calling her by some other woman's name. And he, he said, where are the kids? You know, and then he mentioned and he, the kids had different names and they, they lived in Dallas. And, you know, Chris was like, <laughs> Uh, no, it's it's me, your other wife, Chris, and, and your and your other family and stuff like that. And, and she, you know, the way she explained it was was so much love, but it was so funny too. Yeah. And she goes, "No, you, no, Dave, you're talking about your other family." Yeah. So, so it's a wonderful story. Well, anyway. I think yeah. about him. We Art and I think about him a lot. Yeah. We, uh, he left we, a big crater. He made a big crater in our life, and yeah. so did Donna. And, yeah, uh, right, yeah. but we are, um, we are so excited for your success. Yeah, Jake. no kidding. It's well, just the best. You've been working so hard for you, so long for this. This is, this is going to be your year. You launch, you're going to just launch. Yeah. I'm glad you I hope so. Yeah, you got to have somebody good. believe in you that knows what they're doing too. And good. Yeah. Job. Yeah. That, and that finally happened. And thank you so much. It, it feels like a, it has been a long haul and it feels, it's really weird to have, these kind of things happen in the final kind of chapter or chapters mm -hmm. of your, you know, it's yeah, very right. odd. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll just keep dying the hair and <laughs> saying that I'm 48 and seeing how long, <laughs> seeing how long that will You're last. Fooling Hollywood. <laughs> my manager, my manager is a little older too. And he'll, he'll occasionally go, you know, people our age, and, uh, um, and he's older, and he's older than I am. So, <laughs> you know, though, let me tell you something. There has been a resurgence of of the, you know, the comedians that came up in the '80s and you know had made a career and worked that long doing you know stand up and stuff. Right. There's there's this been this resurgence. I mean, they're all working still. Jeff Jenna, Tom McTeague, all these guys. You know, they're all just kind of. And there's this, there's, there's kind of a resurgence and I'm knocking on wood. Cause that's, I gotta, I gotta, you know what? Um, uh, yeah. Uh, I think you're absolutely right. I, I think that's why probably I haven't been kicked out of the door. You know, when I've, when I've walked into a meeting and stuff like that, the, right. the, no, because you have, you have a plethora of knowledge. Yeah. People still yeah. see and, the value and, and, yeah. and stories and, you know, you've had this life. You're not, you know, you're not living you know, with nine other people and working four jobs, like everybody, yeah. you know, but we all have, you know, all of us yeah, have, we have done well, all of us have done well. And all of us, you know, have that. I think with it comes kind of a peace and a calm too, where it's not about making a million dollars. It's about being able to do what we love to do. Yeah. And it's kind of our responsibility to help the young ones that are coming up. To see, I think it's great to see past this hard time and go, you will create something good for your life. Right. You just have to stay with it. You have to keep, yeah. you know, keep going. I just, so I like, just worry about the young people, whether they're going to have a world to, you know, to succeed oh, yeah. in. No, no, they, will. That, they will. They will. Worry. That's my, that's Art's, my main thing now. Our son is a perfect example of creating his own life. He's creating. Oh I, yeah. No, he, he's really been talented. I just worry whether there'd be a world left. 
Yeah, exactly. I'm worried about right. I'm worried about the people who are making the decisions. You, you know, global warming I, I and read all that. Something, yeah. yeah, the global warming that the top ten percent or whatever, two percent or whatever, are causing ninety percent of the pollution. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's uh, but I I have hope, and uh, we're we're gonna have to wrap it up here. Yeah, I got the cheap version of phase of. Uh, Zoom going now, so we're about to time out. So I'm no, gonna listen. I, I loved it. Thank you so much. Well, don't Tell go away. I'm gonna we're say goodbye for, to the podcast listeners, and then we'll oh, have a quick word. Wait. No, no, we're gonna get JP's information first. Oh so yeah, yeah, that's, that's important. So Amazon right now. Where else can they hear it or see our Amazon.com in the next few weeks, and then it can start um, uh, going online and just putting the name of the book and my name and it will start showing up at barnesandnoble.com, walmart.com, all sorts of different places to buy Fool's it. Gold. Fool's Gold. It's called, there's like 300 books called Fool's Gold too. So always go Fool's Gold by JP Lindy. Um, but it will be out there and then hopefully we're going to be, we're going to try to get in some real bookstores and, and uh, we're going to start that. And then, you know, maybe uh, a, a little mini book tour too coming up maybe in the summer, or the spring. That's all. Get up to Portland. So, okay. you know, we're gonna we're gonna work it. Okay. All right. Well, well thank you so much, JP. This has been thanks, so JP. great. And I love you. I miss him. Happy Happy holidays to you, you all. Uh, well, yeah. And have a great Have a great uh, Have a great launch of this book. Yay. We love you too very much. Love you. Bye. Bye-bye.